0: Wayne asked me to do a podcast on food, grief, and transition. I bet you haven't thought about these three going together, but ask yourself, are you dealing with any grief that might be tied to your surgery? Have you thought about how grief might be related to what you choose to eat and to the transition you're going through? Whether you're preparing for surgery now or you've already gone through it, food, grief, and transition typically get skipped over, but taking a look at them can really be insightful to your success. Coming up, psychologist Dr. Connie joins me to dig into how grief is tied to food choices and And to your transition, don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss this. Did you know that
1: ProCare has a multivitamin soft chew that comes in three delicious fruit flavors? With flexible dosing, you can accommodate your whole family's vitamin needs, and it even includes iron paired with calcium chews and our protein powder. Visit ProCareNow.com and use code SUSAN10 to save
0: 10%. Hi, I'm registered dietitian, nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 150. Tired of all the hype and confusion when it comes to nutrition, especially bariatric nutrition? Well, eat this food. Oh no, don't eat that food. Skip certain meals. Try a diet that resets your pals. Well, heck, give up and do a detox. It's enough to make you say, forget about it. I don't know what to do. Well, I do. I know what to do. It matters where you get your nutrition information. When it comes to your bariatric surgery, nutrition specific, let's cut through the hype. Let's get the accurate information you need to know. Actionable steps, step-by-step strategies, things that work. I want you to feel well every day. Go out and do the things you want to do. You're in the right place. I'm so glad you're listening. And would you share the podcast with someone you feel would benefit? And if you love the podcast, would you please write a review on Apple Podcasts? Thank you. I want to give a shout out to Goldie Stardust, who gave the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She said, this is the best bariatric podcast out there, hands down. Essential information, helpful and concise explanations. This awesome lady has been my hero, my trusted buddy, and my go-to. Oh, wait a minute. I am getting a big head. <laughs> Goldie, I'm honored and I'm grateful for your kind words and praise. It means a lot to me to know that we've become your go-to for nutrition information and I'm happy to be your trusted buddy. Thank you. Well, joining me in the studio is Atlanta-based psychologist, Dr. Connie Stapleton. If you're a regular listener, You know that Dr. Connie is the real deal. She brings her A game every single visit and she doesn't hold back with what she thinks, right? And she shares her vast experience in the mental health aspects of bariatrics. Today, we're getting to the core of grief and food as part of the transition after surgery. You can find links to Dr. Connie's website, as well as her podcast called Barry Aftercare in the show notes.
1: Hello, Dr. Connie. Hi, Dr. Susan. I'm so happy to be with you today so we can give it to people's (laughs) streets.
0: Yes, we do. (laughs) And we have a trifecta to talk about today, food, grief, and transition, As you had said before, this is a great topic, and it's one that doesn't get near enough attention. I I find that people don't talk a lot about grief after surgery or about the transition that you go through as you lose weight following your surgery. And these feelings, discussed or not, can affect food choices, I find. Grief and transition are stressful for most people. So stress eating or emotional eating, really, whichever one you want to call it results from these types of feelings, grief, sadness, uncertainty, transition. So why, Dr. Connie, do you think that grief, transition, and then the tie to stress eating and food seem to be left out of the discussion? What are some of the reasons? Oh,
1: These are great questions, and I'm glad we're talking about this because people really need to hear this. I think it'll give comfort to a lot of people because I think a lot more people have these thoughts and feelings, but it's really not talked about. And I think there are several reasons that it's not talked about, at least in the initial period, because people have waited, first of all, so long to have the surgery, and most of them are relieved. They're just relieved to have it over with. So they're focused primarily on healing the body. And then the next thing is they're putting most of their energy, their time, their thought into getting down this dietitian, this nutrition regimen, right? There's a lot to do. Right. There's a lot to do, sure. (laughs) Yeah. They got to get the fluids. They got to eat at the right time. Get the appropriate amount of grams. Take the vitamins. All the things. So unless a person has a really acute and early onset feelings of loss, grief, the depression or the anxiety, the reality of grief related to the loss of food, you know, the food like we used to eat before surgery. So I think that it's not very often acknowledged because people aren't aware of it, but as people are so busy being in the transition, focusing on their new way of life, they're not really aware of the fact that maybe they really are in transition, and perhaps they're not aware of the grief. Unless, like I said, it's quite acute and you can't miss it.
0: And maybe not aware that as they transition, these feelings are there. They're real and could be an underlying issue as to whether they're successful or on their journey. And I'm thinking especially from a food and nutrition standpoint, which ultimately means a weight standpoint. Mm -hmm. So let's dig a little more closely. A bariatric lifestyle is a huge change from the way you were eating before surgery. And you may miss certain foods or amounts of foods. And food is so connected to emotions. And we've talked about that before with shame. Does everyone experience grief following surgery? And I'm getting really specific here, Connie, grief as it relates to the, the loss of food or certain foods that they no longer or should no longer eat. I can see both sides. You may be so thrilled after surgery that you no longer focus on food, or you may be going, but I want the food I miss. Yeah. You know, honestly, it would make perfect sense to me that
1: almost everybody would experience this. Now, not everybody talks about it. They talk about it, I think I had a surgery, like, oh, I'm going to miss this. Or they go out and they eat all those things. But it makes sense to me that the majority of people would experience (laughs) some degree of grief or a sense of loss following the surgery. So if you think about food, like from a relationship perspective, Like you have a relationship with food. For some people, it's like it's my friend, it's my confidant, it's who I spend my most time with, it's who I talk to, or you know, when I'm feeling sad. Some people feel like they've lost a friend or a confidant or a part of their life in which they found comfort. So that makes huge sense to me. And I think hearing this might give a lot more people the connection to that. And perhaps the permission to talk about it, which I think is a healthy thing.
0: Yes. And you know what I'm thinking about comfort food, because particularly in the U.S., comfort food is ubiquitous. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere and a part of everything we do, from holidays to celebrations. So is grief overlooked, Connie? I think it's very
1: overlooked, Mm not just by people who've had weight loss surgery but I think we a lot of us overlook grief because it's painful for one thing but some people because after surgery they feel such tremendous emotional relief from the obsessively thinking about food right and this obsession is sort of relieved as a byproduct of the surgery right right part of that reset that we hear about the mind quits obsessively focusing on food. So it's such a huge relief that I think that this is such a gift to some people that the grief part is like, that's okay. It's just so nice not to be thinking about food all the time.
0: So interesting. I know too, you have said um, that grief over loss of food can kind of be tied to depression or the transition itself. I want you to go into just a little bit more about that part, about, excuse me, interesting that depression is tied in here because I'm thinking about highly palatable foods. So highly palatable foods in our industry are those foods with a a lot of sugar and fat. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about ultra-processed foods, Mm -hmm. which I think speak for themselves. They do not have the same brain and body health benefits, as foods such as nuts or avocados, for example. In fact, let me remind you, go back and listen to episode 80. It's called three benefits of the mind diet. And you can find out specifically what brain health foods are, so that you can add them into your diet. I'll be sure and put that link in the show notes too. But you can find it by episode. It's number 80, wherever you listen. Brain foods include foods like berries, fish, nuts, avocado. And the cool thing about these foods is that not just the vitamins and minerals, but the naturally occurring phytonutrients affect the brain and affect feelings and, of grief and depression that are situational. So do you think that um, this grief over loss of a food is a normal part of the process following bariatric surgery? And I'm going to even say, do you think it ties into depression? That's a big stretch.
1: I know. No, I actually do think that it is. And I've seen some situations and they have worked with some people who are just almost in a panic because they feel this intense grief that, oh my gosh, what have I done? Now I can't get the comfort I got from food. And you talked about the way that the brain reacts to food and some of those highly palatable foods that you talked about, like the highly processed in the sugar, there's huge dopamine rushes that come from those foods, which give people that overall feeling of, oh, I feel good. And so A, if you're eating a lot of those before surgery and don't have them after the surgery, your brain may still be craving that high. Whereas some of the really good for you foods that are great for your brain make you think more clearly, make you feel better overall, but it's not such an immediate feeling, right? So I think that some of the depression that people go through is because they're not getting the high dopamine hits.
0: Yeah, it's one but of the reasons that we want people to... uh Eat so much protein for many, many reasons, but one of the things protein does is affect the brain chemicals, the norepinephrine, the dopamine, and over time gives a, a consistent blood yes. glucose and a consistent feeling, of uh, feeling well and strong and clear in the brain, uh, And then when you add in, these are other foods like nuts and avocados and berries that have a lot of plant chemicals uh, in them that are helpful, then together, they can be quite powerful.
1: You know, I love that you just said all that. And what it makes me think of is what you say in your intro, it matters where you get your information.
0: Oh, absolutely. I don't think
1: a lot of people without specialization in the field of nutrition understand that. And it's great factual
0: information that we all need. Well, it's the science of nutrition. It is the mechanism of action, as we call it, the the uh, chemistry and the biochemistry behind it all, which when you hear people just repeat nutrition information they've heard but don't understand, it's a big difference. You have to understand what this is doing in the body and what it can do detrimentally, as well as what it can do from a very positive standpoint. And that's why a bariatric lifestyle that is high protein is high protein for many different reasons uh, not just weight loss but all, all kinds of things and tying so, the dietitian information and the
1: psychology information what you just said is critical that these health these brain healthy foods that you can learn more about in number 80 podcast really help you feel better on a more sustained level over time which is better psychologically than just getting that hit from these unhealthy, highly processed foods. I love that you
0: brought that into this. Thank you. Oh, oh sure. And I, I'm just thinking about two um, things you've said before, in many of our podcasts about how it's so important that you bring things out, you be on the lookout for it. So here I'm thinking that you need to be on the lookout for grief. And you always see, say, label it, label it and work through it. So when you say label it, do you mean call it out, call it grief, deal with it? What do you mean when you're saying, okay, I want someone (laughs) to actually label it, be on the lookout for it. So you're looking out for what, how grief might affect your eating. But when you say label it from your standpoint, what are you saying?
1: You know, I think people are very, this goes along with staying away from the grief any emotions that we don't want to be with, sit with, focus on, yes, call it out. Start to learn to identify how you feel. I feel sad. I feel like I'm grieving the loss. I feel angry. I feel frustrated. I feel grateful. I feel ambitious. You know, start to learn the names of your emotions because our emotions when we talk about emotional eating can give us so much more accurate information about what we need and it's not junk food to give us the dopamine boost it's related to the emotion if i'm sad then maybe i need compatibility with other people maybe i need affirmation maybe i need you know you got to figure out what is this emotion informing me that I need. And then you can get the needs met in a healthy way without turning to those highly processed foods for the emotional boost and the unwanted weight gain.
0: Good stuff. Back in a moment. And we'll get deeper into your transition after surgery. Don't go anywhere. Bariatric Surgery Success is thrilled to partner with New Hope Girls, women empowering
1: women. They offer a discount to our community. Code transform to
0: save 15% and celebrate our shared commitment to transformation. Shop their beautiful bags at newhopegirls.com. Let's talk through, Connie, the transition that takes place after surgery. There's a lot we don't think about. And I know you have uh, physical, biological, talk a little bit more about what's actually going on. We just think, oh, I'm going through a transition, but a transition has a lot that makes it up, right? Absolutely.
1: And there's a huge nutritional transition too, which you can speak to, but clearly the biology of our body is going through a transition as your physical form literally changes and becomes physically smaller your biology is going through like huge internal changes your hormones are being released as you lose as you lose fat your hormones are affecting you in in your brain and your body and your desires and so you're going through physical biological and emotional and this emotional can get tricky because it can seem like you have all this more this confidence that you didn't have. it. And in some ways that is true, but in some ways it's a temporary
0: facade. And yeah, so she, I think that's so important, Connie, right just, there, because yeah. you know, the hormones are changing and specifically a lot of the hormones that relate to the desire to eat and the desire not to eat. So after surgery, you have a lot of those hormones telling you, I don't need to eat, but with a little bit of time in many people, some of those hormones that say, Oh, I'm hungry start to erase their ugly head again, which is why you're seeing obesity drugs come into play more. Mm-hmm. So yes, that, that it does change. The brain chemicals do change and they change as you, as you said, transition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting
1: too. And, and, you know, tell me from a, a dietary perspective, you know, that the the doctors kind of sell this reset, right? And there is a transition that I think they refer to as reset. But it's not a permanent reset because like you said, that hunger returns over time. And I think that sometimes we're getting giving patients the perception that this
0: reset, I will
1: never be hungry is a permanent thing. And it is not.
0: And I think there are two resets we need to clarify here. One being the, what the doctors refer to as the reset of surgery. And for some people, their hormone levels do stay, uh, Reset for a longer period of time than other people's. And this is why bariatric surgery, again, like anything else, is so specific to each person and how their body is going to respond. So some people, they won't have that desire. Hunger is not there. It's not bothering them like it did before. For other people, it comes back quicker. For others, not. But this is not the same thing as when you hear someone online, for example, say, I'm gaining weight. I need to do a pouch reset at no you don't. And that is <laughs> this crazy kind of, let's go back to baby food portion after surgery and reset the body. No, usually it's a bigger, let's take a step back and see what we've um, let slide into our healthy lifestyle yeah, that right. shouldn't and retweak it. So those pouch reset and reset, the doctors are talking about two different things.
1: Definitely. I'm so glad for that clarification. We can talk more about that too for hours, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, talk more than about the others. I didn't mean to butt in so long no, with that. The I'm social, so glad spiritual. You did.
1: And- yeah. You know, obviously emotionally people feel better as they're taking better care of their bodies. Socially, a lot of people become more active. They And again, this can be a positive and or a negative. You want to develop more social activities, do things you want to do, but you don't want to leave your family behind in the process So, because you're feeling better. And then for some people, there are spiritual changes because maybe they've been angry if they're a spiritual person, if they have a faith system. They may have been angry for a long time with other people or with God or with the universe for this being their... Thing to bear in life, right? So there's transition in every area of life, and yet people focus pretty much on the biological changes, you know, their physical shape.
0: Well, this might sound like an odd question, but is the transformation process usually a happy time or a difficult time? <laughs>
1: this is a great question. Topic because if you look online and you do that social comparison thing and you're not feeling so great with your transition, you might think, What's wrong with me? All these people are like looking like they're living their best life, but some people are very not aware of their emotions related to any kind of transition, right? or transformation, at least not negatively. While others, you know, may it may be like, Oh my gosh. I don't know what I've done. Why did I do this? And so they have this kind of like shock in their minds and their bodies. And other people maybe go through that honeymoon period, like they're sailing through it and later go, wait a minute, this didn't make everything better in my life where I thought that I would. So the transition can be very different for people and can hit them at different times. Um, some people may feel the loss of food early on as they miss it from day one. And again, for other people, it might not be until after the honeymoon. And maybe they do have that biological hunger a little bit more. And those habits start creeping right. back
0: in. So is there a start and stop to this transition stage after surgery? Or <laughs> or is it, uh, I would see it as an ever-changing, but yes. how do you view it?
1: I think it's totally ever-changing. And I think it's also, like you said, it's person-dependent. It depends on where you're at in your life, you know, what you've been through in your life, how you think about your relationship with food, what other relationships you have with your life, right? I'm going with, we're human beings and we change for all of our life. So as the body changes so rapidly after surgery, maybe there's a lot of awareness at this time about physical transformation, but maybe the longer a person is in the journey, the less obvious the physical part seems, but there seem to be changes in relationships or changes in your self-esteem or in your social life that become more obvious. So I think it's wise for people to really recognize that a lot of the changes in different areas of your life are part of this transition, and all areas deserve some attention.
0: But usually the attention comes when there's a problem. So what have we left out? What important message, as we wrap up, do you want to leave us with that we haven't covered? I think it's take
1: some time and reflect on self-awareness. I recently heard something, and then I looked it up, because I heard it and I looked it up to Verify the study that shows that self-awareness is the number one factor in overall success in life. So becoming self-aware of how you're feeling emotionally, of where you're at with your nutritional intake, of what's going on with you in terms of your relationships. So self-awareness, be aware of how you're going through the transitions in your
0: life. Thank you. Thank you, Connie, so much. I appreciate your time, your willingness. I appreciate that you take deep dives into these topics because the information is really useful. Thank you. You're welcome. So bottom line, you heard her. There are so many changes in various aspects of your life that are part of this transition after surgery, from the physical, the emotional, to the social and the spiritual. So learning about yourself, calling it out, you are worth it.
1: Bariatric surgery success with dietitian, Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by practicalities, LLC, all rights reserved. Remember the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.